0: From Milwaukee's NPR, this is Capital Notes. We break down the big political news affecting Wisconsin. I'm Chuck Quernbach, filling in for Mayan Silver, speaking with J.R. Ross, editor of wispolitics.com. Here's our latest conversation. Well, hi, J.R. We hope you had a pleasant uh, Thanksgiving, you and yours. Oh, same to you. Thanks. So during Thanksgiving week, there was a rather... Unexpected announcement, especially for a lot of folks over in the Milwaukee area. Uh, State Senator Alberta Darling, a Republican from River Hills, announced uh, she was done with the legislature as soon as December 1st of this year. What do we know about uh, her announcement?
1: Uh, She didn't really cite a reason in her announcement why she was resigning early in this term. She did say in her letter to Senate President Chris Kappian that you know, serving comes with sacrifices. She's looking forward to spending more time with her family, so you know that's on her agenda. But you know, darling is seventy-eight. There had been some questions if she'd run for election in twenty twenty. She did, won easily in a suburban seat that was redrawn to be a little bit more Republican than it was before. But you know, it just she's been there for more than thirty years. Sometimes it's just time.
0: Okay, and well, we'll see if uh, she starts giving interviews and says is anything more. Uh, in the meantime, uh, the uh, state Senate had, just via the elections, uh, achieved a super majority of Republicans. Uh, now the numbers are, what, back to 2111? What does that mean in terms of their having not as much power as they thought?
1: Well, they're short of a super majority for now. There are a couple of questions are, when will Governor Evers call a special election? You can't call one till after the resignation is official, so... We're waiting for Darling's, you know, resolution to get, uh, take effect on the 1st at the close of business, I believe, that day. Then Evers can begin looking at the calendar. Obviously, there's a question of can he time it or will he want to time it to coincide with the spring election the a primary in February, already on the ballot, a general election in April. Um, that race in April will be dominated by the Supreme Court. Will he want to try and time it with that or something else? We shall see the first few months of the session, there really aren't that many bills that get done and sent to the governor. So you're not talking about the expectation of a big veto override fight right away. Remember, Republicans fell short of a two-thirds majority in the assembly by two votes. But the question is, you know, after it's filled, can Republicans retain that seat? Because if they were to lose it, uh, that would then strip them of a two-thirds majority in the Senate as well. Uh, it's, It's a fairly Republican seat. I mean, looking at kind of how it performed in the 2016 and 2020 presidential election, the 2018 gubernatorial election, it's about a 54-55% Republican seat, a couple points more Republican than it was before. So it's a seat that in a typical year wouldn't be that competitive, but if you get the right Democrat and the wrong Republican, kind of quote unquote wrong, uh, somebody who might be divisive or somebody who's on kind of the fringe of the party, that might make it more competitive. Not saying that it definitely would on the map but it, it would make it more competitive and then you see how much money they want to spend to try and hold that seat and how much democrats want to put in to try and win that seat
0: what have you at West Politics been able to find out about potential people running to replace uh, senator darling
1: well whenever there's a special election for a senate seat the first place the parties look are to the sitting members of the assembly in that district dan canodal uh, who's a lawmaker from germantown i talked to him this past week he said he would seriously consider it uh, Janelle Branchon, a Republican from Menominee Falls, who has been in the news quite a bit for her fallout with the Assembly Republican caucus. She's in that district. Uh Democrat Deben Draca of Whitefish Bay, she's also in that seat. I exchanged message with her last week. She just texted me that she was gonna focus her holiday on basically the holiday and give thanks for what she had just gotten through with the election, not be thinking about the next one. So yeah, it just depends on what the environment's gonna be like. If the fundamentals are, are there for Democrats to make it a more competitive race than it might normally be.
0: Well, let's stay with the legislature for a moment to talk about a rather big figure, $6 billion. Uh, there was an estimate of uh, state surplus around that much for, what,
1: come next June. Uh, how did we get to $6 billion surplus? Well, a combination of things. Really, uh, COVID money primed the pump, and inflation kind of helped drive things as well. You know, go back and look at 2021, We were in the thick of the the budget process. Evers had proposed his budget, and then the Congress uh, and President Biden signed off on this new COVID bill that pumped billions and billions of dollars into Wisconsin, as well as other states. Uh, That really drove a huge uptick in uh, revenue projections. At the time, Republican lawmakers went for a tax cut, didn't spend all of it, they kept some money in the, the bank. Then as we progressed through in the years since, uh, that COVID money kept you know percolating through the system, and then inflation took off. And inflation is bad for individuals. It's great for the state, though, because think about, like, the sales tax. If you paid 100 bucks for a pair of shoes two years ago, now they're 120 bucks. Well, you're paying sales tax for an extra $20 on that purchase, right? You're, you're driving uh, sales tax collections. And remember, too, we've been kind of seeing this money come in, and it's been building up. And Republicans were like, we don't want to spend this right now. Governor Evers had called for, you know, various tax breaks during 2022. Republicans dismissed them as election year gimmicks. They also were kind of hoping uh, not just to do, in their words, you know, transformational tax reform or a big tax package. They're hoping to have a Governor Michaels that they could work with and get what they wanted done. Now the question is, what kind of compromise can Evers and Republican lawmakers strike? Because, you know, last time they sent him a tax cut package, they weren't sure he would sign it. He did end up taking credit for it on the campaign trail because he did sign it, but he wants more money education. Robin Voss has said, okay, we, we'll give you more money for education if you do universal school of choice. Well, what's that mean exactly? Uh, Governor Evers, one time I talked to him and he was skeptical of you know, a universal school of choice package that would get his support. Also, Devin Lemmehue, the Senate Majority Leader, he had told me a few weeks ago that he wants to move toward a flat tax, maybe not do... I think they kind of recognize that getting to a flat, a true flat tax is not going to fly with Evers, but maybe do two tax brackets rather than the four we have. Well, in doing that, they want to elim- or lower the top tax bracket, which is 7.65% on income above around $370,000 for joint married filers. I asked Evers, can you envision signing a budget that has a tax cut for those income earners? And he said, no. So, okay, where are we going to see a compromise between Evers and Republican lawmakers? Now, at a luncheon we had last week, both Voss and so said they, the governor reached out to them after the election. Uh, they had not really had very close relations the last year or so. So maybe there's going to be a breakthrough there and uh, some more work that they can get done. But it remains to be seen what kind of compromises they can strike with all this money. because not just We don't just have a, a $6.6 billion surplus through end of this fiscal year, June 30th. The Evers administration is projecting revenue growth for the next two years after that, about $1.5 billion. Uh, So you're talking about enough money that, looking at every agency request that we got for spending increases, you could fund every single one and still have like $4.5 billion left over. Now, I've never seen every agency get everything they asked for in a budget. It just doesn't happen. But I'm just trying to illustrate to you, there is just that much money laying around. And the question is, how are they going to use it? Or what can they agree on in terms of how to use it?
0: Thanks very much, J.R. We'll look forward to more budget discussions and political doings next time. Hey, have a great day. That was J.R. Ross of wispolitics.com speaking with me, WUWM's Chuck Quernbach. Listen for our segments every Monday and check out the Capital Notes podcast wherever you get your podcasts.